Hey folks, how are you doing today? Have you taken your vitamins? Have you had plenty of sleep, plenty of rest? Or are you feeling a little bit achy and down? Well, you know what you got to do? Get plenty of rest, drink a lot of liquids, and maybe not too much. And I'm not talking about beer or alcohol. I'm talking about water. So today's guest is Douglas Smallhole. We go into a conversation about life living, longevity, but also about the toxic metals that are out there. Things that are shortening our life every single second of the day, little by little since the day we were born. Did you know that was happening? Because I had no idea. You know, I, I thought if I ate healthy, if I drank my water, if I exercised, if I went to sleep on time, did all that, that everything was going to be perfectly fine. Oh, and taking vitamins. But apparently, like I said, from the day that we're born, these toxic metals, these toxic things are around us everywhere, every moment of the day, and it's whittling away our life little by little. I'm not talking about big chunks, but little by little. So listen to this podcast and find out what it is in the atmosphere, in our environment, that's eating away at our longevity and what you, what me, what we can do to live a little longer. All right? So let's get right into it. Oh, hey, before we do that, please remember to like, share, and follow, and comment on this and all the podcasts. You can listen to this podcast everywhere podcasts are available and wherever you listen to your favorite podcast shows. Now we're Let's get into it. I want to ask one thing right off the bat because your your uh, your latest book is discovering the nature of longevity, restoring the heart and body. Are we talking um, longevity beyond the natural lifespan? Something like David Sinclair, where it's we're going to live longer, we're going to live to one hundred and fifty, or is this living up to the uh, normal expectations of a lifespan, but in a healthy way. Well, um, Chuck, what I always say is this affects how well and long we live. So it affects uh, current quality of life in a very big way, uh, starting right from birth. But uh, as we'll talk about in the show here today, but I'll just give people a, a quick clue. These hidden stresses have been with us ever since Homo sapiens started walking the earth. We just realized it through our science very recently what the impacts are on our longevity. So this is why this is such a big story. And the reason I wrote the book is because I couldn't find anything like it that talked about the impact of these specific two sets of stresses um, on human longevity and on human well-being. And uh, the, the books or the websites that do cover these um, usually talk about diet and things like that. But what we're talking about is reversing the damage from these hidden stresses. And that's why it's important for everybody who is watching and listening to this program, because it affects all of us in ways that most people are not told. Yes, like you said, um, these hidden stresses, these heavy metals, 
are around us. We eat it, it, we ingest it, we breathe it, we touch it. It's always there. So how can we avoid it? Or how can we reverse this? Well, let's talk about what heavy metals are, just for people to give them a quick introduction, because everyone's heard of metals, everyone's heard of toxic metals, but what are heavy metals? It's very simple. A heavy metal is a scientific term for a metal that is five times more dense than water. It's a simple measurement. You don't really you know, need to know that to go on with your life, but that's the technical term that's used. But the important thing is this. Heavy metals have no business in your body. They're not like trace elements of copper and zinc and uh, other types of uh, metals that your cells need trace amounts of uh, to function. What we're talking about here is stuff that has, no, as I said, no business in your body. And that includes lead, cadmium, and arsenic to start with. Those have been the focus of the American Heart Association, and many, many uh, studies over 100 years. Um, but it extends out to more than a dozen other metals, including gadolinium, which is a metal that is used in most uh, consumer electronics products, um, chromium, uh, which is used for chrome, and uh, you know a whole bunch of other uh, metals that have been found to be coming out of patients when they are treated uh, for this. So that's what these heavy metals are all about. Now, getting to your question about uh, what can we do about them, the good news is that that's a big, long answer. Uh, but the short answer is, first of all, there's stuff that you can do to stop it from getting into you. There's stuff that you can do uh, to naturally help your body get uh, rid of it, and there's stuff that you can do to take therapies that get rid of what your body can't get rid of. So on all three levels, uh, we're looking at great stuff. The problem until now has been that most people simply aren't told about it, and the reason that they haven't been told about it is because the profound role of trace elements of these, uh, these um, heavy metals— so we're talking about low levels of exposure here. We're not talking about metal poisoning that, that your healthcare provider would normally look for. We're talking about stuff that doesn't really show up that well in the standard uh, blood tests. And for that reason, uh, most people, and uh, you know, as patients, simply aren't uh, told about it. The other problem being that, uh, according to the American Heart Association, most Healthcare providers are not trained in how to test for, diagnose, treat, or prevent these low levels of exposure. So what we have is uh, a massive understatement of the effects and the damage that is done by these heavy metals. And that is exactly why I wrote the book, was to bring attention to this so that people could start to demand that attention be paid to it by their healthcare providers and that people can also take a certain responsibility for own, their own health. I don't give medical advice uh, because I'm not a physician. I came into this uh, from the toxicology point of view, and that is to say that for the past decades, I have trained designers uh, to design healthy products and buildings that actually protect people from these heavy metals. That's what I do. Our institute pioneered 
uh, one of the main certifications uh, that uh, designers can use to determine if their products and buildings meet these requirements, and that certification is recognized by the U.S. EPA. So I think it's because I came at it from uh, the point of view of healthy products and keeping these things away from people rather than traditional medicine that I was actually able to see uh, things that, that other people didn't. So that is why um, most healthcare providers, you know, are not familiar with this, and I just happen to be lucky enough uh, to have come at it from that direction. Now, the very first thing, the easiest thing that anybody can do, and I want to emphasize especially parents for their kids because kids are most affected by this, for sure, and it doesn't show up until later life, um, is to improve the air quality in your home, your car, and your office, period. And the way that you can do that, you can do it in several ways. The first thing is uh, get a better air filter for your air conditioning uh, unit or your furnace unit uh, or your car so that they capture these tiny air particles, uh, air pollution particles, uh, that end up um, everywhere in our environment, but especially in indoor air where they are concentrated. Now, this is important because these air pollution particles contain heavy metals. And those metals lodge in your tissue when you breathe them in. So as much as possible, you want to prevent uh, from breathing them. And keep in mind that we breathe millions of particles every time we take a breath. <laughs> uh, so, you know, there's a lot of this stuff. And you want to make sure that uh, you want to minimize that, that bad stuff from, from getting into you. So your local Home Depot store or your air conditioning supply uh, dealer will have these filters. Uh, you need to ask for them. And believe me, it's a small price uh, to pay. You can do the same thing with your water filters. So you can attach a heavy metal water filter to your drinking water tap. Um, and this is far better than drinking uh, bottled water from a plastic bottle because uh, plastic has a nasty habit of leaching heavy metals uh, into soft drinks and water when it gets heated up. So uh, drinking... Um, water or soft drinks from uh, plastic bottles is definitely not a solution uh, to this, just to be absolutely clear on that. So get the right kind of water filter that is certified for this. And it is important to look at the certifications. Uh, you can look in Consumer Reports or uh, the US EPA site to see the certifications for both the water filters and the air filter. So I'll stop there. Uh, we haven't talked yet about how you can get this stuff uh, out of you, but uh, those are a few of the things that you can do. And by the way, you can also do a really simple thing. Take your shoes off when you get into the house. Uh, your shoes are carrying all kinds of dust around that gets up in the air. And in schools, for example, that's why kids have asthma attacks when 25 or 35 kids suddenly get up and leave the classroom or come in after recess because they're stirring up all this dust that comes in with their clothes and their shoes. And so um, this is a big issue in schools, and that's why they especially uh, need these types of filtration uh, systems. So take the shoes off when you come into the house, and you'll be doing you and your kids a big favor. Um, I do have some several questions and comments on this now, especially with the one about the filter. Like you said, very, very easy to... Uh, to remedy you go out and store and get a good filter don't buy the cheap one get the better one that takes out 99.99 percent of the you know the the contaminants in the air my question a lot of people spend a lot of time in cars and folks don't know that 
many cars do have air filter in the car. Now, you do have that button on your dash that shows where it recirculates the air or that it brings in fresh air. Is it better to recirculate that filtered right. air? That's question number one. I'll let you answer that one. Well, the most important thing is that you have a good filter because regardless of whether it's fresh or recirculated, it's, it's going through that, uh, that, uh, that filter. You know, if you're in the car and you're smoking, well, first of all, don't smoke because smoke is full of heavy metals. Don't smoke in your car <laughs> and don't expose other people to that. I mean, I know that's a no-brainer. Uh, people who are still smoking, okay, they're still smoking. Just don't go near them. So that's, that's a really important thing. Um, so, yes, the, the quality of the filter is really important, and here's why. Um, most people are unaware that the stuff that comes off of tires on the road, uh, and a lot of stuff comes off, like every tire loses 10 to 20% of its weight and volume uh, by the time it's uh, you know, reached the end of its useful uh, um, life. So that stuff is going into your lungs. And that stuff has nasty heavy metals um, in it. So the particulates that come off these tires are a major cause of particulate air pollution, and they are a major cause of microplastics pollution in the ocean. Uh, up to 40% of all microplastics in the ocean have been attributed to car tires. And by the way, those pieces of plastic aren't pure plastic. They also contain the metals that stabilize the plastic. So... That is a big a problem, and so the key to that is to make sure that your car's filtration system is working. Um, I guess offhand, I would say if you're in a really smoky area, like a wildfire area or something like that, yes, uh, turn your, uh, uh, your air conditioner definitely on to recirculate the air. So if you're in a heavy polluted area, that is definitely a smart thing to do. Okay. Um, another, whether it be a question or comment, I don't know how this comes out, but like I said, a lot of stuff, it seems like it's uh, the, the heavy metals are attached to us through our pores and uh, other surfaces. So it makes it hard to detect for a doctor or nurse or healthcare provider to really look at. So my comment or question on that is, um, we hear about the far-red infrared saunas and you hear the benefits of that. Now, to sweat things out, it, would that help get rid of some of these heavy metal, metal, heavy metal particles that may have attached to us and <laughs> are seeping into our bodies? <laughs> um. Usually heavy metals don't get in through your skin pores unless you are putting stuff on you uh, that has heavy metals uh, in it, and some cosmetics still do. So uh, it's mainly through breathing them in and ingesting them uh, through water and for f uh, food. And I'll just give you one really disturbing example, which is why this is so important for parents is that Consumer Reports uh, has conducted two studies over five years showing that there are high levels of heavy metals in popular baby foods, if you can believe it. So we're feeding popular baby foods that have high levels of heavy metals to our kids. And this is a real problem. A congressional committee also identified the same problem in a separate study. And uh, just recently, 
uh, in fact, just about two weeks ago, the government of California signed into law uh, a requirement that food companies test monthly baby food products for heavy metals and report it publicly. And this is a sea change. It's the first time in, in North America that this has been put into effect, and it's been a long time uh, coming. But that's a beautiful example of how this stuff gets into you, uh, starting from almost the, the day that you're born. And so uh, now in terms of sweating stuff out, uh, I'll just explain for a moment how the body normally gets rid of heavy metals, which are in your tissue, normally not in your blood, okay? So the way that your body gets rid of them, it, is, it has developed certain enzymes that actually it uses to grab or chelate. This word chelate means to grab with a claw. That's the Greek uh, translation of it. And it chemically grabs the, uh, the metals and then you pee them out. So that's, that's, that's how your body actually gets rid of these heavy metals. And uh, there are certain foods that you can eat that can help those enzymes uh, to do that because they are natural uh, chelators. And there are certain therapies that you can take that have been proven in clinical studies uh, to remove large amounts of these heavy metals from tissue. So sweating it out, not really. Uh, it's, it's, it, the main avenue is uh, to have it you know, go through the kidneys and you, you pee it out once it has been chemically removed. Just keep in mind that when this stuff lodges in your tissue, it's really tough uh, to get rid of uh, because it's, it's, it's stuck there. And people might wonder what this stuff does to you. It does three very nasty things. First thing is, it disrupts your DNA, so it creates uh, mutations that can lead to cancer. The second thing is, it, dis it disrupts your neurons, your, the signals in your brain. It's just like taking uh, a wire and putting it across two live wires. What happens when that happens? You get a short circuit. It's exactly the same thing that's going on. These are metals. So when they attach to your neurons, guess what's happening? You're getting a short circuit in your neuron. And uh, a recent study in The Lancet has uh, found that this is responsible for worldwide reduction of IQ in children, for example. And the third one is uh, it causes uh, oxidative stress, which leads to chronic inflammation that is the first hallmark of causing hypertension, heart disease, and a whole bunch of other inflammatory uh, diseases. So on three counts, this is really bad news, this stuff. And that's why you want to take all precautions to stop it from getting into you and for, to getting it out of you once it does. That kind of explains to me why over the past, I'll say 15, maybe 20 years-ish, that there's been an increase in autism. Uh, in the autism spectrum. I don't know if the spectrum is just getting wider, but there's been more uh, autistic children. Or later in the years, we find out that uh, we are autistic ourselves. Um, the other thing, too, is because it's in the blood or it attaches itself and it's very difficult to see or, you know, test that it's in the bloodstream, uh, how do we as individuals gauge how much we've taken in because like you said the heavy metals um, is an accumulation of a lifetime which shortens your lifespan 
but how do we know how much we've taken in? It, it's like uh, every day I breathe, am I taking off one tenth of a second yeah. of my life? So here's here's the story. Um, the way to test for this was discovered through the therapy, and the therapy is uh, known as chelation therapy. Now, uh, there's a lot of myths out there about chelation therapy that were dispelled uh, in a $35 million National Institutes of Health funded uh, clinical trial uh, between 2008 and 2015, which proved the chelation therapy is safe and it was effective at reducing the causes of death, all causes of death in diabetic heart patients by 41%. So anyone who tells you that chelation is dangerous and doesn't work is not up on the science that is now fairly well um, established. What happened after that was um, there is a particularly nasty kind of heart disease known as peripheral artery disease. Some people might have read about it recently in a New York Times article about unnecessary surgeries for peripheral artery disease. It was a front-page story about a month and a half ago. So um, this, this uh, peripheral artery disease blocks your arteries, and your limbs get lesions on them, and then your f toes go black, and they either have to replace the artery which happens in one and a half million operations a year across the United States, or they have to cut your foot off, which happens to 200,000 people a year across North America. So the uh, cardiologist who had performed the NIH clinical trial decided uh, also because 25% of amputees die in the first year, that was not a great result of surgery. And they decided to try this chelation therapy on these diabetic uh, PAD patients. And the results were astonishing. It was a very small cohort, a very small group, and that's being followed up by a clinical trial now. But in this small group, uh, the, the people who completed the study, which were 70% uh, of the people completed the study, none of them had amputations. They were all scheduled for amputation. None of them had amputations. They all got better the uh, lesions on their legs healed and their toes, which had been black with some with gangrene, were pink and they were walking around on them instead of hobbling or being in a wheelchair. Remarkable. And this was published in four peer-reviewed publications in 2017. In 2017. Now, why, what, how does this relate to heavy metals? Because as they measured the heavy metals coming out in patients' urine when they treated them with this infusion... And what they found was lead uh, more than 3,000% above the baseline that was taken in the blood tests. Can you imagine? 3,000% above. Same thing with uh, similar results uh, with a lot of metals, arsenic, cadmium, chromium, gadolinium. And guess what? As the amounts of metals coming out of those patients declined because they were being taken out of the body, the patients got better. And so this was the proof in the pudding. Well, out of that therapy actually came the test uh, that had been used even before the therapy, but the therapy really proved the use of it. And that's called the challenge test, where you take a very brief infusion of that same therapy, which consists of a chelator, which I described earlier, that grabs the, the, uh, the metals, and um, high doses of multivitamins and minerals that are synergistic with that process and help to repair the arterial uh, system. So uh, that's a very short test. It takes about an hour, and then you go and have a pee, and they measure 
the heavy metals in your pee. And uh, that's how they find this. A standard blood test will not show it. Uh, I had this happen where the standard blood tests uh, for me um, showed that I was in uh, the safe uh, range. But when those same tests were done on patients who were also in the safe range, whoa, all these heavy metals uh, came out of them. So the blood tests will not show you the result. You have to demand this. And most standard healthcare providers, according to the American Health Association, are not familiar with these methods. And so you need to talk to an integrative cardiologist or a naturopathic doctor uh, or a nurse practitioner who is familiar with this and familiar with the national uh, standards of a national association that are used to administering these tests and these therapies. So that answers your question about how you can test for it. And by the way, uh, th there is not just the infusion that comes in through a needle. There's also an, uh, a series of oral products out there you can use, oral chelation. I've used one of them. It's called Nanobac TX. I have no financial interest in the company, and they don't pay me to promote it. But I've used it, and my physician reported uh, good results with it without getting into the details because I know we're running out of time. Uh, but uh, so there you go. Uh, people who you know can't go to the doctor's office once a week for an infusion can take uh, an oral Nanobac TX, and uh, the studies suggest that the results uh, are similar. So that's how you test for this stuff. Uh, one comment, one question. Uh, the comment would be that, like you said, uh, many practitioners, doctors, uh, they, they don't know about this, so they don't know how to go about doing the test. The other thing about this is it's not a standard test, so don't be afraid to ask for it. I know that some doctors or whoever it might be will tell you that, no, you don't need it, or they may question you, why do you want it? Just go ahead and tell them, because I want it. I've been through that before where I've asked for certain things. They said, well, you don't need yeah. that. And they questioned me. I said, yeah. I want to establish a baseline for myself. So they, so they did. Um, Correct. My question yeah. would be. The patient needs to ask for it. Yes. So my question would be, does exercise help any of this um, with the hidden stresses? Does it help? Um, protect yourself against uh, any of the adverse effects of breathing, you know, all this bad stuff. Yeah. Chuck, what I say in the book is all the standard stuff that you hear from holistic physicians about exercise, uh, the right kind of uh, diet, especially a plant-based diet, because animal-based diet has high levels of uh, heavy metals in it normally, because these animals uptake them before you do. So before it gets to you, these are bioconcentrated. So a healthy diet, uh, filtration, as I mentioned before. But so all of these standard things that you know a lot of other books uh, talk about are very important. And the reason that exercise helps is because um, it keeps your body in shape so that uh, it can produce these enzymes uh, that actually help to remove these metals from your body. So I can't emphasize enough. But my book goes sort of beyond that and says and talks about this, this glass ceiling on longevity. It's a contradiction that more people are living longer, but we still haven't broken through the 120-year ceiling of longevity. So yes, people are, are living longer. But that ceiling is still there. We're still bumping up against it all the time. And by the way, 
uh, average longevity in the United States is dropping now. So people who think that it's gradually increasing, uh-uh, not the case anymore in the U.S. because of this mess that we have with our health care system, which is a sick care system, and our diet and all kinds of other stresses that, uh, that people are uh, facing. So yes, uh, always, you know, get your exercise. I mean, it just, it just really helps for sure. Yeah, uh, I, I would imagine that includes sleep. Like I said, all the standard things that you hear to do to help yourself live longer and healthier. Uh, once again, your book is called Discovering the Nature of Longevity, and the subtitle of that is Restoring the Heart and Body. Uh, Douglas Mohall, this has been fantastic. I hope that you can find some time, and I definitely will make the time for you to come back again and talk a little bit more about this. It's very interesting because, again, we are discovering more people with autism there are more people that have di diabetes uh we we hear a lot of people say and we see a lot of commercials for medication for uh allergies but it seems like a lot of this may not be al allergy it could be these heavy metals and there are therapies and ways that we could do to um to help i don't want to say fix but at least uh reverse the effects or help uh, begin reversing the effects Chuck, you're exactly right. And just to give you a little teaser for uh, another episode that we can do sometime, um, here we have, I hope you can see that, uh, a picture of the elastic fiber in your arteries. And on this side uh, here, uh, you see the nice, smooth elastic fiber in a child. And on this side here is the nasty, messy uh, uh, junk uh, that happens in a 90-year-old. This is being caused by hidden stresses, such as heavy metals, that degrade this elastic fiber that drives every breath you take and every step you make and also lets all of your organs and arteries and skin stay flexible. So we need to get back to that and talk about the elastic fiber because most people think it's uh, collagen that makes you flexible. That is not true. It is the elastic fiber, and it's the topic of a whole other episode. Uh, again, thank you very much for your time, and this has really been insightful. Thank you, Chuck, and thank you for having me and bringing this valuable information.